Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, Doug Mellard. Hey, Doug Benson. We sure did have fun in uh, San Antonio, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we were uh, together for the first time in a long time yeah, at the really. uh, LOL Comedy Club in San Antonio, Texas, near the airport. And we <laughs> we did a stand-up show. We did Douglas movies on Saturday, and then Sunday we did a stand-up show. And uh, we recorded a bonus five and five that will attach to the end of this episode. But let's talk about our guest today. Who is Andy Wood? That's right. Put it in the form of a question because <laughs> he's a several time. I don't. I got to ask him four or five time uh, Jeopardy champion. I think he won four four nights or he's, something he's like that. Very smart. Yeah, he's a smart dude. He's good at Jeopardy, and um, yeah, and he's also a comedian and a podcaster. I think that's when he was on Jeopardy. It was with Alex Trebek, and I think. Uh, those are the things that Alex had to say. We've got to, I don't think he said comedian. I think the podcaster was what they went with. Um, but anyway, <laughs> and, and part-time scientist, uh, let's, <laughs> let's go to work. Hello, Andy Wood. Hello, Dougs. Hey, buddy. <laughs> How's it going? I can't complain. Uh, I can't complain. Uh, so you guys know already know each other? Yeah, I love yeah. you. I've, I've, I owe Doug a ticket or a couple tickets. He got me front row seats to see um, uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard at the Greek a couple years ago. Yeah, which I highly recommend to anyone. Very fun. Thank you so Wait, much. Wait, so uh, like, just you just did that. You just gifted him with that, Doug. No, it was one of those things. Like, we had these tickets, and we couldn't end up going. And it's this band that is just amazing live. And so we want to make sure somebody you know cool would that would appreciate it went. And so, but it was weird. It was one of those things where it texted around, and a few people couldn't go. And Andy, uh, luckily, was really into it and seemed to have a really good time. So it worked yeah. out. Yeah. You were so already familiar with that band. Yeah. Yeah. They're really interesting. Like they're Australian. I guess they're like a little in the Tame Impala vein, but like a lot more experimental, like weird time signatures. They have two drummers playing the exact same thing next to each other. It's really a trip to see live. Yeah. Very, very good with drugs too, by the way. I was not on it. I still loved it. <laughs> what, are, what are they called again? King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> yeah see they better be good yeah <laughs> like that would take a lot of nerve <laughs> to suck after having that baby right yeah. yeah well that's the thing about this show is we talk a lot about names but i am very distracted by our guests today uh because i love game shows and uh jeopardy you know uh more so than any other perhaps so just the fact that you've been on jeopardy like you know just do is there anyone like me that whenever you talk to them that's all they want to talk to you about now well, interestingly it's a lot of uh 
I, I, a lot of my friends don't have linear TV. If that, is that the word for non-streaming? You know, just being able to watch things when they air. linear. Is that the, <laughs> I think that's the, the, the technical term for? It. I don't know. Yeah, um, broadcast so, television. Yeah, a lot of friends didn't get to see it. Uh, you know, I maybe I shouldn't admit this, but whatever. I, I download, I torrented the episodes so that I could watch them, and then uh, you know, I put them on Google Drive, and I'll send the link to friends if they want to see. But a lot of friends never saw it, so. Uh, it's mostly when I go back to Michigan and my parents are trying to show me off to their friends. Um, so my, my parents' friends think I'm a superstar. And every time we go out to eat somewhere, that's when I talk the most about Jeopardy, but, um, yeah, I don't have a ton of friends who watched it. So, and my close friends are super sick of me talking about it. So, uh, I love the chance <laughs> to talk about it with someone who doesn't get sick of me talking about it. So yeah, it was a crazy, I mean, a lifelong thing that I wanted to do. And I'm also obsessed with game shows and that's my favorite. And to be on it alone, with Alex, let alone win, is just the craziest. Yeah. So, how many nights did you win? Uh, I won four, and then so I played five times, lost the fifth time, oddly to somebody who I knew, uh, Charlie right. Fonville, who had worked with on a project. Um, and then that was enough. If you get five wins, you're guaranteed to be in the tournament of champions, which happens. It's sort of weird. It happens whenever they decide there's enough people to have it. Like every yeah, eighteen months to two years. So I wasn't guaranteed, but then um, they just decided to cut off that tournament at the last of the contestants of the Alex era. So uh, they took the top 15 money earners of that. So I was like 13th on that list. So I got to do the tournament of champions and I lost in the first round, uh, but I lost to the two people who went on to be first and third in the whole thing. So I took the edge off and now I'm friends with all of those other tournament players. In fact, I have a house guest right now, Ben Henry, who was in the tournament. Um, he won the teacher's tournament, which qualified him for the Jeopardy tournament champions. He lives in Michigan. I was back in Michigan a couple weeks ago. We met up to do bar <laughs> trivia. And then he was just like, Hey, I got some freaking flyer miles. Just can I take you up on the offer to come out to visit California? So yeah, one of my tournament, uh, co-contestants is crashing in my place right now. Whoa. Did you guys win bar trivia? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, this is the dickest thing we could have done, but I, I don't know when else I could wear my Jeopardy shirt. So we just met up and both of us wore our Jeopardy shirts. And we're like, we deserve to lose this game. We super deserve to lose this game. But we right. Cause also there is like uh, you know, bar trivia, like sometimes they'll just throw, you know, they'll just come at you with something out of nowhere that, uh, you know, yeah. smart people don't necessarily know the answer to, you know? But it was Sporkle. Uh, Sporkle does like a franchise. So there's a sort of quality control. It's the same quiz that happens at all the bars in the country that are doing Sporkle quizzes. So, Oh yeah. It's like uh geeks who drink is one. Right. It's in a bunch of them. It's like, and, uh, yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just not, it's just not Jeopardy style smarts that count. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if they suddenly had a bunch of questions about the Kardashians, what would ha you'd fall apart. Yeah. And also it's really easy. It's really easy to write bad trivia questions. You know, like anybody can write down a fact and phrase it as a question, but like for it to be interesting, that's when it's a skill. So yeah, sometimes a bar trivia night that isn't like a franchise just has like a bartender who's like, I'll just write some questions and they'll just be <laughs> very hard and uninteresting. And like, you don't want to play uninteresting trivia where you find out the answer like, Oh, I still don't care about that. That wasn't uh, an interesting thing to have learned or. Yeah. There's always so much downtime in those things. Cause the idea is they want, you know, the bar wants you to spend a lot of money on food and drink right. while you're there and you can't eat and drink a lot. If you're, you know, playing an intense game that doesn't have any breaks. Uh, so they just built in there and then also it's supposed to lead to, you know, conversation and stuff. Uh, I, my favorite is when they just play a song and say artist and title. Because for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, I'm really uh, good at that. Because um, I've just paid attention to music that's current my whole life. I haven't ever been like somebody who just picked a genre and then never moved forward, which seems what people, a lot of people do. Yeah, I've definitely fallen off the last five years. I worked on a show two summers ago that was, I think it's getting made now, like a Jimmy Fallon, a... Um, full version, a full show of just like the music based games Fallon does with contestants, like the wheel of musical impressions, that right. kind of stuff. So working on that for a summer, I had to learn recent stuff. I realized how out of touch I'd gotten with recent music, but so now I'm out of touch again, but I was, I was up to date as of summer 2019. I know that's Olivia good. Rodrigo and that's about it for recent things. <laughs> she's uh, she's huge. She's a big deal, I yeah. guess. Um, all right. So I have more Jeopardy questions, but to be fair to my co-host, uh, do you have any, anything you'd like to ask Andy about being a Jeopardy champion? 
I was just, I thought it was funny that he was making it sound like getting blown out and or not blown out, but eliminated in the first round. Like you said it as if you're a loser in it, but you were in a thing called tournament of champions. Like, right. Like, it, I, I, yeah. I think I was at your place. I did your podcast. I think right when you were trying to get on me, I guess the first time I think oh. and you, were, you were doing like these, like, I don't know if it was warm ups for a test, like you were going to have to take for like to screen, but like, <laughs> I, I think it was like 50 questions. I don't know how many questions, but I think I knew maybe one and you just blew right through all of it. Like I couldn't even do that. <laughs> so kudos. Well, man. Thank you. Yeah, where do they, just... the initial quiz that you take, Andy, where do you think they get those questions from? Are those questions that have been on the show already or written specifically just for, to test people? I bet they haven't been on the show. They could be, I, I bet they're written by the writers. I, I don't think it'd be a crazy ask to have the writers put together. No, not at all. Or just, yeah. or just questions that they just didn't do on the show for some reason, like that yeah. category didn't get fully called out or whatever. That's probably it. Cause I think every, I forgot if it's that every game has one more category that isn't used or every category has one more question that isn't used, but they overwrite the whole thing. Um, so I think they always have some, some extra, or maybe it's also yeah. that like in a given day, there are six games that could be, cause they tape five episodes a day. There are six games that could get used. And their third-party lawyer, like standards and practices lawyer, selects randomly five of the six. So they have all these things like that to prevent any possible shenanigans, you know, including that person also randomly picks the three people at every new recording of the 15 who are sitting in the waiting area, or I guess of the 11 um, in the waiting area. I pick the two new challengers. So everything's totally randomized and some stuff gets thrown out or saved for later. Wow. So, yeah. So yeah, 50 questions. But the questions the when you're, when you're doing the test, the questions aren't like, who's the seventh president. The questions are written jeopardy style where there's yeah. more to the, more to the question that gives you clues than just asking the question. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're definitely jeopardy style questions. I'm trying to remember one of the ones I'm going to do good on this. Now. I always thought they just asked <laughs> you really hard questions. I didn't realize that they'd still have those jeopardy sort of like written in that style where that, where if you just read the question, you know, if you just, think about some of the specific words in the question, it gives away what the answer is. Yeah. I don't think it was particularly harder than the show. I think it was in keeping with the average show yeah. question. So I mean, anybody can do, you used to have to wait for, I think once a quarter, they would do the online test. I think when I did it, it was still that, but then right. Maybe the second time I tried out, it was finally this new anytime online test. So anybody listening to this can just go to jeopardy.com right now and take that first 50 question test. Um, I think you get like five or 10 seconds per question. Uh, and then if you get, if, if you get, uh, they don't say this, but I think if you're above like 38 out of 50 or so, you'll probably get to go to the next round, which is also 50 questions, but that, that'll be on video that used to be in person, but they'll do a zoom call. Uh, my friend just did it. And I think now it's like, you'll see everyone else's faces like Brady Bunch style on a zoom call, but you typing the answers, like your mics are off maybe. Um, but yeah, everything's on, everything's online. Everything's, you know, wait, so that first thing is multiple choice. No, nothing's multiple choice, but, uh, in fact, maybe the first and second are all just typing. What I did at the second round was a one-on-one -on -one zoom call that I did with, um, Sarah from the clue crew, like a brief interview, then 50 questions where she just played this video. I had to say the answers in the five seconds before the next thing comes up as opposed to writing them. And then they just recorded you. So they, I guess it's also like a screen test. So they can go back and see what you looked like while you were answering. And I guess I'll, by that logic, also know that you weren't doing anything like, you know, quickly looking it up or something. Like they can see right. your face and know that you were <laughs> answering to the questions. So, wow. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I am surprised at that first 50 questions thing. Like, so. If you just type in the wrong answer, then you, you know, or you spell it wrong or something, you just probably miss the question, right? Yeah, I don't think they care about spelling as they don't in, in the show, except for that. Right, but I mean, that, Gordy the, the happens, thing, but, but the thing that's testing you, isn't it like, isn't it a program? It's not a, the first test, isn't a person. Yeah, but I bet they have the ability to have that vetted by people. And I'm sure they do vet it to make sure that the program didn't miss if you were like, you know, if you yeah. added an extra L, like I misspelled Philippines. I was confused with uh, yeah. numbers of L's and P's. It doesn't matter. So yeah, I, I love that. I love that the spelling on Final Jeopardy doesn't matter. I love because <laughs> pronunciation does matter in every answer throughout the game. 
And then, uh, but I also love, and this current champion who I'd like to talk about, Matt Amodio. <laughs> Matt Amodio, yeah. This son of a bitch, if, if he knows the first and last name, he'll just say the last name. I think it's just another one of his strategies to just get into the next question quicker and throw off the other players. It's also just needlessly risky. I guess it's like show off. Maybe your ego wants you to tell people that, you know, the first and last name, but if you no, I'm saying he's doing the right thing, you should give as little information as is, as is necessary for a correct response. Cause you could also, a guy said the full title of Dr. Strangelove and messed it up where they would have accepted accepted Dr. Strangelove. So I think he said a bomb instead of the bomb. And they were like, Oh, once you've done that, any interior (laughs) interior articles matter. Leading articles don't matter. Like somebody said, a handmaid's tale instead of the handmaid's tale. And they still won. Um, but yeah, once, once you start going long, anything in that long answer, if any of that shits off, you're, you're wrong. So just go short. Yeah. Yeah. He's really, I mean, he's, I know people are mad that he's just doing the what's thing, which he says it's to free up brain space. I don't think that's, I never had to think about the question word. It just is like a lifetime of talking, like lets you know what the, (laughs) Um, well, that's, you know, he's, he's a character and he, and he seems yeah. to know quite a bit. So I feel like talking to others isn't his forte. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I have a really active text thread with all 15 and two alternates of the tournament <laughs> players. And our thread is obviously blowing up about the host announcements, but also blowing up about Matt. Cause he just passed Jason Zufranieri, who's in our group who had the number three spot of all time winnings. Now Matt has the number three spot. Um, but yeah, we're talking about how he has a surprisingly low hit rate for a champion. Like he, like getting like five incorrect answers in a day is a lot of wrong answers, but I think everyone he's playing against now is just kind of rolling over for him. They're all intimidated and they should just be going for the high point values, going for huge daily doubles. He's beatable. Like he's a great player speed wise, but like percentage of questions, correct. He's surprisingly not at this like super high caliber, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying like, he's beatable. Yeah. So if somebody's no, out, he about sits to out. He, there's things he doesn't know. Like you'll see him sit out stuff, but you'll also see him buzz in and then think about it and then answer. Cause he knows he can do that. Yeah. Which Ken would do also. Yeah. It's that's yeah. A smart. Yeah. That's a real smart way to play. But also you're, you know, especially in the second round, you're really risking, like you could lose, you know, 2000 points on one wrong answer. And like the other person say- gets 2000. So it's a 4,000 point swing. It was really a 6,000 point swing for me when I said Tetons instead of Grand Teton. Cause yeah, I would have had 2,000 <laughs> more. I had 4,000 less than if I had a right answer. And then Sam got 2,000. So it's really a $6,000 swing on missing Grand. And, uh, you know, who I, I, I had to like ask during the break to make sure Tetons doesn't count. And who comes out to tell me it doesn't count? Mike Richards. <laughs> uh... I was like, I had to at least ask. He's like, yeah, no, the National Park site says Grand. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew what I meant. You knew what I meant. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm not bitter. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's wild to me that, um, cause I, a lot of times, uh, you know, I, when I'm just playing at home, I'll just know the last name of a person and think, wow, that would get me through just, just, just saying the last name, you know, unless it's Roosevelt unless then it's they Kennedy, insist on which right, one. Right. Yeah. Or Clinton or yeah. Any number of, yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's like multiple uh, people that could be the answer, I guess. Um, But so, yeah, Madam Amodio has a really interesting style. He kind of stands with his back a little bit to the other two players, which I find to be an interesting (laughs) approach. Uh, Like almost like, you know, if they could see his lips moving, they'd be more focused on what was happening with him. Like he really has some strategies. And then now he's also (laughs) got the fact that he just gets to play five times a day. Yeah. Like, so that's these people that are coming in to go up against him are just, that's their first time ever. And they're going up against, you know, but you know, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't know that I learned that much in my five games about the buzzer. Like it seemed like every game for me, it was like starting from square one because you have different players. I just don't know how anybody becomes great at the buzzer. It's just such a, like an inscrutable thing to me. And in some ways, if you're sitting, there's no audience, but there is the other players that day can are watching. So I think that Charlie Fonville had a pretty decent advantage of just getting to watch four episodes and probably getting to look at the player's hands and the lights next to the board that illuminate when you can buzz in and figure out some kind of strategy for timing because he came in guns a blazing. So I think you can come in and like, and so did my Wednesday opponent was great on the buzzer instantly. Like it's, it's doable. I just think maybe people are already like 
knowing that his winnings are so big, they're just kind of rolling over. They're like kind of glad to be there or something. But also you've but, seen his style, right? Like, uh, I mean, you see what he's doing. He holds, he holds his wrist with his other hand so that he's incredibly steady and he yeah. just pushes that button. Everybody else yeah. lifts it up, moves it around, lifts up their thumb first. They all have like these things that they're doing and he's just right there on it and it's just yeah. solid. And he just, you know, it gets him in way more often than the other players who are all just, you know, I mean, I guess you get to practice on the buzzer before you're actually on the show. But not enough for it to make a difference. You get to buzz exactly. three times. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, Ken, Ken has even said it's primarily a bad button-based video game and secondarily a trivia game. It's really true. It's, it's a button game and it's a weird thing. You can't learn at home. You can't practice. And then when we had the tournament, we had a whole new host. So all of us had played with Alex before. Now we have Buzzy and his cadence is different. And I don't know if like the producer's assessment of when he was done reading was different, but like all of us after the warm up buzzer round in the morning, we're looking at each other like totally confused because it felt like the timing made no sense. And we had no idea whether to go off of audio listening for the end of the clue or the lights next to the board, because that could even like slow you down if you're waiting to react to those lights, as opposed to anticipating the end of his speech. I so we all felt like thing. we were lost on that. Yeah. That's the other thing that makes Amodio so it, he's just so unstoppable is just that he, uh, it doesn't seem to matter that they keep changing hosts on him. That is weird. Like they're yeah. changing them weekly at this point and he doesn't miss a beat. Like it doesn't matter who the host is. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm certainly not criticizing anything about him. He's a great player. I'm jealous. I wish I'd, if I'd had my buzzer skills on my last day, I would have, <laughs> I had like eight have questions watching, in a row I knew and didn't. I, didn't, I don't mean to, you know, drag you through, uh, you know, uh, uh, having to remember, uh, no, no, having to think about it, but oh, uh, I, I wanted to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, are you enjoying uh, how Joe Buck actually throws in like a commentary? Like he's it, like, it's a sporting event. I do. I like, I don't know. I like whenever someone makes it a little bit different because that's the point of having different hosts. So yeah, uh, I, I, would you have an opinion on who you've liked the most so far? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I find, you know, this situation kind of frustrating because sure, Mike Richards is a longtime producer of the show and loves the show. Clearly it's like, you know, attached to it and has always wanted to be a host. He's hosted a couple of different game shows on GSN and shit. And, uh, you know, so he basically gave himself a job, but why have this elaborate thing that seems like it's a, a hunt to find somebody interesting and then choose the most plain it is person possible. It is odd, but then again, when he first hosted, which admittedly he was only the second host after Ken, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, this is who it's going to be," because it just made sense. And I'm not, <laughs> saying, I'm not saying anything about the controversies that have come out since then. I don't, I haven't looked into that enough to have a strong opinion. But like you're like, "Oh, this is pretty much the place where Trebek was in '84. He was in his mid 40s. He had a track record of having hosted some of his shows. He has the chops to do the nuts and bolts of hosting. He has that." sort of generically attractive game showy look true it's also a straight white male and i you know i wish it were more diverse but i, I just saw him hosting and i was like this is probably who it's going to be it just makes sense oh and also somebody who doesn't already have a career they'd have to step away from it's someone who could dedicate the next few decades of their life to this and only this well yeah so, one could argue it, you know? i i would argue that at least half of those hosts did it because they were excited to host Jeopardy for a week or two. Yeah, like they didn't, yeah, they yeah. weren't there trying to get the job, but there were at least two or three people that seemed like they would probably right. want the job. And I feel like would have been an interesting, fun choice. There's nothing fun about Mike Richards. Like the, the game is just going to be like a stodgier, almost strange, strangely, not, not stodgier, but just like, he doesn't have Alex's person. Alex has got a personality where he can be like, you know, it's kind of fun watching him be mean to the contestants when he, you know, yeah. tells them, remember the category and shit like that. But, uh, you know, you don't want to see that from Mike Richards. Like, who is this guy? Why do we, you know, why do we, we're not invested in him, you know, as a person, yeah. you know, and Buzzy and uh, Robin, I thought Robin Roberts was great. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think know, every, Ken, everybody Ken that comes from every, yeah. everybody that comes from broadcasting and, and, you know, being on camera all the time and reading prompter all the time, they were all great at it. You yeah, know, I, I felt Ken, the ones that yeah, were yeah. rougher were the ones that don't have, you know, haven't had broadcast careers. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And then yeah, one of them. Yeah. And they gave, they gave my and Alec the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The consolation prize. Well, I'm, and, I'm sure that she, was 
exactly after there was blowback about yeah, Rich's exactly. past, obviously. So. Exactly. But then again, she's also an unpopular choice. Because <laughs> she has some kind of like uh, skeletons in her closet vis-a-vis vaccines or something? Or what's, I forgot. Oh, what I know. Is. I think she's an unpopular choice just because, you know, I mean, who, by the time it was over, uh, you know, only old people and idiots liked the Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. You're just saying it doesn't move the needle on getting people. Um... Now she's got some new show where she has a cat cafe and it's one of the most awful shows I've ever seen on network television. <laughs> yeah. And it just got picked up for season two. What about Blossom though? I mean, what about Blossom? All right. You're right. She deserves it all. I think, I think <laughs> it should have been on Blossom. I think it should have been a three-way hosting gig and had, have Joey Lawrence do some special events also. Her best work was in Beaches with Bette Midler where she played uh you know, child Bette Midler, and there was hardly any better casting ever. Yeah. She's great uh, in that movie. Another Jeopardy contestant posted my new favorite um, piece of TV trivia the day that Mayam um, started hosting, which is actually, I, I should look up the exact wording, but um, basically, I, I learned that there are not one, but two shows that came out between 90 and 91 that star Mayam Bialik as a title character and whose with a, whose one word na- name is the title of the show and has a theme song by Dr. John. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. The other show, let's see, it was just a brief thing called Oh Malloy ran from July, 1990 to August, 1990 starred by Ambiala as a carefree LA native preteen girl. And the theme song is accentuate the positive by Dr. John, as opposed to blossom, which uh, has a theme song, uh, My Opinionation by Dr. John, and stars Mayim as that same titular. It's just like the well, Why would you mess with the Dr. John part of the formula? That's yeah. clearly why Blossom was a success. You figured that out. <laughs> yep. Uh, but no, she would have been fine. Yeah, there's a lot of people that'll be fine. It's just... Um, I thought yeah. she was clunky when she was on, and I, and I, I, I just didn't... I didn't ever get into her as a, as a host. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't have strong feelings about her one way or the other, but I just find, I just find that there was so much, uh, so much more deserving. Yeah. Again, uh, people we were, and, I, you know, I don't know. I think we were never promised that all these hosts were trying out. I think we all assumed. No, that. of course we weren't. Cause the yeah. guy that wanted the job was in charge the whole time. Well, <laughs> but I don't, I mean, if you saw the leaked email, it's possible this is not his choice to make. He is the executive producer. It doesn't mean. Oh no, it's not his choice to make, but it's also like, you know, I, I think for the longevity of the show, they should get somebody that's hugely popular with America and not some guy that, Oh, you know, allegations Johnson over here. Great. I mean, there is that. I, so that's the thing. I'm, I'm not even getting into that. That may be enough to say we, this shouldn't have happened. I'm thinking about just the like. Right, but now there are a bunch of white men who are absolutely committed to their decision. They're rich. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. You know, they're just going to go ahead with it. And it's like, okay, fine. But when the ratings start to trail off and they have to start doing stunts and things that are not Alex Trebek's jeopardy, then, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I just yeah. feel like it's not going to work in the long run. You know what? I, the person I would like to ask about this is Mel Brooks. Mm. He Why watches every day. He watched oh. Carl Reiner every night while they ate TV dinners. And then Carl Reiner passed away. But Mel is still with us. And I would love to know what he thinks. <laughs> I would love to know if Mel Brooks has seen me in Jeopardy. That would be a huge He problem. definitely see. I'm t- Andy, I just told you. He watches every watch night. Watch my lip. He oh watches Jeopardy every night. Mel that's, Brooks has watched you on television. That's really cool. That's, that's, that's a credit. <laughs> that's a credit within a credit for you, Andy. That's like, I think April Richardson was on Chelsea Lately and wore a David Bowie shirt. And then she somehow heard through the grapevine back from Bowie that he appreciated that. Oh Look my God, David the Bowie ghost watches of Bowie Chelsea. saw the shirt? Pre, pre-2016. But David Bowie watched Chelsea Lately is the weirdest thing. I never would have guessed that, but I guess he did. They got TVs, man. Everybody's yeah. got TVs. They're flipping yeah. around. They see a shirt with their face on it. They might get interested. Um, but but back to the mic thing here's my last take on it uh i i I don't even want to like get into the allegations because if those are true those again that could be all you have to say about it and that means it's a bad idea but i i think that this show is probably uniquely insulated from the whims of social media because of its old media style the fact that it isn't on 
I mean, occasionally they'll put some out on Netflix, but it's, it's, if you don't see it when it airs, there's no way to see it. It's syndicated. It's not actually on Hulu or something else. So they make all their money from syndication and all their money from people who have old school broadcast TV. And I I think old people, people. it's it's an older demographic, (laughs) the Venn diagram of actual jeopardies, like the people that keep them on the air and, and the Twitter mobs, are, that Venn diagram barely overlaps. I, I don't think oh, yeah. it matters oh, yeah. what happens no. on Twitter. I think that the people who watch Jeopardy are probably very okay with Mike Richards and it'll continue to have the same ratings it's had. You know, I, I, it's like, it's like yeah. Twitter, get, but what? Twitter gets mad it at still SNL. Matter. <laughs> yeah. it, it still matters what happens in the press and in Twitter it does. It does. because they feed off of each other. And so the show is tainted by the decision totally. to use this guy. And, uh, you know, no matter who made it, I don't care who made it. The whole thing, his whole story about how when he filled in those two weeks early on, that that was last minute, he was filling in for somebody else who couldn't make it last minute. That's bullshit. You don't, you don't do two weeks when it's a last minute fill in. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny. If, if, that is, if that is a lie, he covered his ass on that back in April because at, I think after we had finished taping, maybe as we're waiting for like, the last three players to play the finals, the other 12, 13, 14 of us are sitting in the stands and Mike comes over to just shoot the shit with us. And just, we're all talking about just what a hard year it was and COVID stuff. And, and he was talking about how he was on a ski trip with his family. Again, I'm just saying what he said. I'm not saying it's true, but he (laughs) said, and he got this call to come back to fill in and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll host. Uh, So I don't know why he'd be covering his ass back in April to the 12 of us, you know, with, with a story that isn't, yeah, it's possible, I don't know it's why it's possible. It isn't true, but whatever. He was very uh, why, nice to us. And, um, yeah, but why is he on vacation when Jeopardy has just come back and he's the he's the top ranked uh, producer of the show? I mean, why wasn't he? So he technically wasn't there, the host before him that he had to come back to host. I guess. I mean, people go on vacations. <laughs> I don't know. You got me. You got me. It's just. It's funny if he was like, "This is a lie," and I have to start it early. I. I, I just. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think. I don't know. You know, these these things are really. Uh, there's a lot of sneaky behavior when it comes to these things, and uh, you know, uh, good for him. He got what he wanted. You know. I mean, did you, did you see? Uh, but, but if the show's ratings start to suffer, uh, you know, nobody's going to sit around and just let that happen. He's going to get fired, or you yeah. Know, Again, I, I, I think the people that watch are are actually right. They're old. This, they're old, but they are we'll also see. dying, especially now. They're dying faster now, unfortunately. Yeah. So, oh, you point. know, you know, bro- like you're saying about broadcast TV, it's dying. Like yeah. if they don't make something that people are going to want to watch on streaming, it's not going to be a show anymore. Family Feud, Family Feud and Wheel of Fortune are going to just, you know, they're already more popular than Jeopardy and oh, it's only going to, it's only going to keep going. Yeah. Family Feud's the number one game show on television right now. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you see, uh, because it's hilarious. <laughs> it Speaking of hilarious, I think James Holtzauer is pretty damn funny. Um, when they announced that they're having Alex or that having Mike and Mayim, uh, Holtzauer, uh-huh tweeted also new for next season contestants can submit two final jeopardy responses in case the first one causes public backlash wow. <laughs> it's pretty catty it's pretty catty. Wow. yeah what was ken jennings he had a pretty good one too oh i didn't see his oh i, I, think I, he... I heard him on his podcast talking about the dalai lama selection it, process yeah. and yeah 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 wondering if the... how... <laughs> <laughs> yeah what if they ever find that they're that they're the Dalai Lama and they're like, yeah, like Dick Cheney or Mike Richards? And that was before they announced it. Yeah, so he really he he's definitely on the inside and knew that's where that was going. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I apologize to the listeners if they're not interested in Jeopardy because we really uh, just turned this into a, a Jeopardy episode. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I. <laughs> um. But I just I I think it's such a a great show, such an institution, and uh, I, you know, will never stop being excited that it, at least somebody I know. I mean, and I know Ken Jennings, so I don't know why I'm more excited about you, but I am. Because <laughs> you probably didn't know Ken before he was on. If I'm sure if you did, it'd be different. But yeah, that's the interesting thing, though. That like, uh, you know, it was easy to befriend Ken after he was already, you know, champion. And then I think I told you this, Andy, on another podcast, but. You know, I was there when Ken won the GOAT. Oh, right. And, uh, and not only was I there and got to go up and write fart on the uh, podium, so that was my, <laughs> and take a picture of it, 
<laughs> we went crazy. Like Elise and I just ran around and took pictures all over that stage uh, because we were like, we were there as Ken's friends and family. Like he didn't even have his so family cool. there. <laughs> Wait, why not? I, I, he just, they didn't want to fly in. Like he, he oh is so over it. Like he, oh he won God. the fucking million dollars. I've never seen somebody more calm. He was just standing around talking like, you know, he just taped another episode and wasn't even a contestant. Like he was so chill. <laughs> It's, he's just the most, you know, he's got such a, uh, he's just so naturally calm that that's part of probably why he's such a good, good at the game. I mean, yeah. When you get to that level of knowledge, like even be, befriending the rest of the tournament players post tournament, I realized like I was kind of lucky to get as far as I got. I shouldn't be upset that I lost the tournament. I should be happy. I got there because everybody else is on another level. Like Ben, who is staying with me right now, he does the New York times crossword every day. And we were comparing best times and his best time for a Monday <laughs> puzzle is like two minutes, 20 seconds. His best time for Tuesday is like two minutes, 40 seconds, all the way up to like his best Sunday is like 13 minutes. He's done a Sunday crossword in 13 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I think Sam who won really the tournament. Crazy. Yeah. Everyone else's preparation was just Olympic level and they just live and breathe this stuff. So I can see why Ken is just like, yeah, I know all this. I don't have to worry. I just know it. I've been studying this my whole life. And yeah, but I just don't, I like, he's so, he's such a, you know, normal guy with a sense of humor and like, you know, like I just, you know, it's just not uh, you know, it's just not your typical uh, egghead, you know? Yeah, he's uh, able to uh, you know go out in the world. And he's very and funny. Omnibus funny. as Omnibus is one of the few podcasts I listen to every week, and he's really funny on it. Yeah, he's a good, good man. And if he's listening to this right now, um, hi. Hello. Uh, so, <laughs> oh wait, so, I, I can't. I don't want to say hello to him. I don't want to befriend him in case I can someday get on the chase. Maybe so I can never know Ken. I really okay, want to get him. Well, you still don't know him. We were okay, just talking good. about him. Yeah. I know him. <laughs> if you can I get know. me on the I chase, won't. though, please do what you can. <laughs> I won't. I won't put you on the same episode of Doug Loves Movies with him. Okay. So, do, do you remember the number? Is it seventy-four times that Ken won? Ooh, I that does sound right. I, I think it's seventy-three, seventy-four, seventy-five in that range. And um, like, do you feel like Matt Amodio is gonna? Like I there? said, I don't, I think it's just going to take one aggressive player because I, again, he's a great, great player, but the, 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 the wrong answers are higher than, than with your James's and Ken's and Brad's. So I think if somebody just really goes for the high dollar value stuff early and bets everything whenever they get a daily double, cause like, what's the point? If you know you're up against the great, like to play, <laughs> to play like a milk toast game, it's just such a weird move. Like, yeah. Well, and he's like, he's in this really weird position where he always has more than double in the other two players uh, going into final jeopardy. So he always just wagers, you know, whatever amount he has to, to not lose, you know? So it's just, yeah. uh, it's kind of depressing how, what a, a foregone conclusion the end of the show is like, it doesn't really matter what happens in final jeopardy. Cause they can't catch him. Yeah. You know, I mean, always got way more. Yeah, if you can't if you can if you can't get in the buzzer, then obviously you can't win the game. But I would just say if anybody's listening and you're gonna go up against him, if they're still taping, I'm guessing his run is already over as far as when it taped, but I have no idea of that. I'm just the odds would say that probably is over. But right. um yeah, just go for it, man. Go for those <laughs> doubles and bet everything when you get them. You have to. But he even uh, like he was I just saw a tweet he wrote uh, about Joe Buck where he's like, good job, man. You're really good at like like him telling like complimenting because he's seen multiple the host like you know yeah exactly that's what I mean but like he's taking over this thing. I think Matt Amodio might be the next host. Man, yeah, because he's going to refuse to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you if you uh, if they would just follow my parents and aunts and uncles advice they obviously would have made me the host that's the funniest thing is talking to other right. players all of us are have family members who are like you should be the host like why mm-hmm. would i be the host why would i who rank like 217th on the all-time leaderboard why would i be <laughs> well, one through one through 216 might be busy yeah <laughs> it's like when when family is like you should be on snl like, oh you're right i forgot to just email lauren michaels and get on snl that's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, that's a sad, 
unfortunate reality of the, you know, when you decide to get into show business and the, the rest of the family uh, doesn't really get it. <laughs> the whole system. Yeah. yeah. But the name Andy, uh, short for Andrew, I assume. Yes. <laughs> and uh, like what, you know, how do you feel about it? Like, are you, are it's, you uh, excited to be an Andy or was it always not that great a name to you? It's a weird adult name. You don't think of a lot of Andes as adults, except maybe mm -hmm. Griffith. But then I tried the uh, briefly unintentionally being Andrew because I had a name tag at this internship at Intel that said Andrew. So people just started calling me that. I'm like, oh, I'll try it for the summer. And then like a weekend, I'm like, it's fucking Andy. I can't stand to hear Andrew. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm stuck with a sort of kiddish name as an adult. Um, but it's also funny, like Andy sounds so kid-like, but Andrew means manly. Like the actual you know, really? Latin, like, you know, androgens, like testosterone. Those are manly hormones or androgynous, G-Y-N. That's male and female together. Uh, yeah, A-N-D-R is the prefix that means manly. So I don't know. I guess it's kind of cool having a name that means manly, but still sounds kind of kidly. <laughs> yes. That's just, yeah. definitely softens it with the Andy. Yeah. Like half, half, like half manly. I don't know. And then the family calls me droops, which somehow came from drew. Right. Or droopy. Uh, hmm. No one else in family says that. It's not good. I, yeah. I can't, I can't believe you told us that. Cause you know, what if we decide to do that? I don't mind it. <laughs> oh, okay. As long as you don't mind it. Cause uh, yeah, if I minded it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring it up because I mean, that is uh you know, something like that can be a real bummer. No, nope. uh, <laughs> droopy does sound like it means something else, but it's just from the Drew part of Andrew. When you don't want right. droopy, yeah. droopy wood is not great. No, I guess that doesn't. Sound <laughs> well, why? I mean, they still they went with droopy, like they went with the the. Or you know droops. what I mean? Like they could have gone. They, they could have gone Drewsy. They could have been. It could have been Drooky. Could have yeah. been, you know, a lot of things they could have put on there, but they went with the one that sounds like you shit your pants. Yeah. Well, it's again, it's usually droops, which is less weird. Yeah, that's what I mean. That sounds even worse. Oh, your pants are drooping. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I've got the droops. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, now that I think about it. <laughs> but it's uh, with the W, so it's okay. Uh, I was on Tournament anyway. of Champions. <laughs> you will respect me now. You prefer <laughs> to be as Andrew. Andrewnament of Champions. <laughs> um, Doug's you've known besides me and Doug Miller. Are there any? I, I saw Doug's Doug in your life. I saw Doug Jones from a distance at LA Comic Con. Um, Doug's in my life. Doug's in my life. Um, yeah, let's let's narrow it down more to ones you actually know, not just ones you saw from afar. <laughs> Ooh, uh, wow! I am suddenly. I don't blame you. No, no, no. But there are. So I'm many trying to Dugs. think of other Andys or Andrews I know, and I I don't know a lot of them, but I I definitely have some. I know I'm forgetting somebody uh, important. Well, um, I mean, you you probably oh. kind of know Doug Stanhope, I would guess. Yeah, yes. Uh, D Doug Lutzenhop, aka DJ Doug Pound. All right. Yeah. I am He's on, been on the show. Yeah. I'm on a text thread with him uh, and other comedians who surf from time to time. Oh. Um, yeah. What about last Who else names? is on that? I want to know who the surfer comedians are. Oh, it's Moshe Kasher, Kurt Braunohler. I hope I'm not blowing up anybody's spot here. Um, Moshe, <laughs> Kurt, uh, John I can't Daly. These guys are surfers. Holy shit! <laughs> John Daly, Doug Pound, um, Andrew Mishan, um, Ahmed Weinberg. I joined it recently. Oh, nice! I just met him recently. He's very funny. Um, Mikey Campman. I think he's not on the thread anymore. But when what's the thread is just like, all right, man, it's full suit day. Get out there. Yeah. Yeah, but I live in Joshua Tree now, so I'm surprised they haven't kicked me off because I'm three hours from the beach, so I haven't surfed with them in like a year. But, you know, you're not out there sand surfing? <laughs> I did surf. I got, I got out to Orange County and surfed uh, last weekend for the first time in like a year. Um, now I'm just searching Facebook for who else I'm Facebook friends with. Who's named Doug? Is that cheating? No. I mean, we're, we're not. It's not that serious of a question. Oh, it's I know, just, I I, it, it is making my point, though, that nobody likes hanging out with people named Doug. Oh, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> no, it's just we're we're just finding that it's like yeah. Well, see, he he came up with DJ Dugtown to to, to, to spruce up, up that name. <laughs> when you just stick with it, it's just like you know. I, I I'm not complaining. I I think it's it works works for me, and I think it works for Doug Mellard. But uh, you know, like I don't know. There's something about some names. Like when you, if you saw a row of people that all had the same name, you'd go like, they all look like dicks or they all look like, you know, Matt or whatever the name is. Mike, Kevin. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's something about when you, when you see Doug's like the, none of us look alike. I mean, not that we should look similar, but you know, there's just nothing about I mean, us that are, you, you know you what I mean? Think you don't have like, it's not a name <laughs> that has nominative determinism. Have you heard about that concept? <laughs> No, like, but I love it because I think we talk about it every week, but we didn't know it was called nominative determinism. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Like, and this could be apocryphal. I should Google it instead of just saying this thing that could be just like urban legend, but that there are, you know, a disproportionate number of people named Dennis end up being dentists. Stuff like that, like the subtle, the subtle push, you know, in a certain yeah. direction. Everyone Ooh, named Wetzel loves pretzels. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that I, I, you know what? I, we haven't really hit that, that so specifically as this Dennis dentist thing, but it yeah. makes absolute sense because the more we do the show talking to people about names and stuff is like, it, it really affects your trajectory and, and you, you know, it, it can change your life. I think a little bit, what, what you're called. And, um, and like in your case, like switching to Andrew and then switching back to Andy, like that's a, you know, that's a choice you made because it's just, you know, become over time, obviously that, that, that's your, you know, yeah. that's your name, you know, you, it's, uh, it's all very, uh, all very interesting, but, uh, wow. We're really, we really pushed it with all that jeopardy talk. So <laughs> we've got, we got so much more to do because what we do is we, uh, Doug and I each write five questions for our guests Ooh. specifically for our guests. And then we take turns going back and forth saying those questions and, uh, we barely even have enough time left to go to commercial, but we have to do it. We never went to commercial. So let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back to, uh, for an exciting conclusion. We'll be right back with final jeopardy. Welding instructor, Alex declare knows VR training platforms like forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We're back and uh, thank you for sticking around with so little left to go, but there is some bonus material at the end of this episode. So uh, it's all going to be worth it. And uh, Andy Wood, you've been such a terrific guest. Thank you. And we didn't even get to your questions. I need the questions. I definitely yeah. got to do the questions. Yeah, but before we get to your questions, we would like you to eat some leftovers. Yes. And that's where we ask you questions that were we didn't get to for the last guest. Because that's how that's what's happening. We get so far behind every every episode. The last guest was uh, our friend Seth Herzog phoning in from the East Coast, and um, we didn't get to his questions. So the idea was we were going to ask you his questions before we ask you your questions, but I don't think we have time for any of it. Uh, <laughs> just start asking. I want to hear questions. And Andy's let's do the it. Guy let's that's... do it. Let's, uh, let's, Doug, let's try to get, uh, let's see how many we can get in the next right. uh, three minutes. So just short answers, Andy. These are questions yep. for Seth Herzog. You can, from your point of view, his point of view, however you want to answer. Yeah, especially because you're so good at, at questions, obviously. All right, yeah. number one. Off camera, you actually might know this. Off camera is Jimmy Fallon actually really hard to make laugh. Ooh, um, I bet he's an easy laugh in his whole life. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think he is. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's like, you know, 
I think the combination of his genuine sweetness and his professional sweetness makes him have fun, uh, you know, and laugh a lot at things. That's my, that's what I think is going on. If he was real hard to crack. Yeah, no, I mean, somebody like Seth wouldn't just sit around, not, you know, not trying to make Jimmy laugh and wouldn't put up with, you know, Jimmy never laughing. Like I, I, I think, you know, he has a pretty good relationship with all of his, all of I his associates. Yeah. This, this is, that's why, cause Seth works on the show. I was like, Oh, that's, there's a reason for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seth has been with the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon since it's uh, inception. And as a result, here's my first question for him. It goes, you are friends with the roots, which blows my mind. And uh, I was going to make him pick his favorite member of the roots. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I don't know how he'd do it because he's. He, I think he really is friends with all of them. Yeah, so I'm well, going to answer for him, uh, Questlove, because I think it's just safe. But yeah, that's fair, and uh, you know, makes sense because I, I think they they are the closest. Like I've met Questlove a couple of times now, and it's just because I was standing next to Seth, but. I don't know. I feel like he Questlove says this to everybody he meets because it just he said it to me both times he met me. <laughs> he said, uh, uh, "Love your work. I have all of your stuff." <laughs> and I I feel that's like great. he just says that to any comedian or musician that he meets. <laughs> yeah, it's a good because <laughs> it's just it's just it just fills you up. You're immediately like, what? <laughs> you yeah. know, Westbrook <laughs> is super into me, and then he just turns and walks away, and you're like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two from Doug Mallard. Were you actually fully naked as the character naked guy in the 10? 100% naked. That's how Seth does it. <laughs> Beautiful. I, yeah, I don't feel like that guy has a shy, uh, excuse the expression, bone in his body. Uh, I think that. Yeah, because he that seems to be like a running theme that I noticed in his credits is that it's always like a character that you uh, when you hear about it, you go, oh, he was in like like in a movie called Safe Men. He played Gold Trophy, <laughs> so you know, he was just naked and painted gold. Right. Yeah. And then uh, and then there's this other movie uh, role models. He played bell ringing winged creature. <laughs> so yeah i think he's really uh yeah but here's my next question uh at what age are you going to show your twins the movie twins i think it's important that they see it oh yeah i mean i think that that's uh after the talk so i'm just sometime post puberty so let's say 14 <laughs> they're not ready for javino and schwarzenegger until they're 14 yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> That is a that is a legit answer that I appreciate, and we are out of time. Oh no, we didn't get to. So we'll have to save Seth's questions and your questions for future guests because we don't like to waste questions. We are we're trying to go green here at Wide World of Dogs, yeah. and so if we've written a question, we try to use it. And but thank you so much, Andy Wood. It's time for Doug plugs. What would you like to plug, Andy? Ooh, um, I have a show, if this is coming out in the next week or two, called Guilty Treasure, happening on August 27th at Permanent Records Roadhouse. Delta variant um, uh, notwithstanding, <laughs> or, you know, yeah. ho hopefully it's happening. Right. Um, and uh, it's Brian Cook and I do a show. We have friends come on and sing a song with our band to talk about their choice of bad song, like a song you're embarrassed to love. Uh, both of you would, would love to have you on sometime if you want to do it. We have uh, cool. Lorraine, Lorraine Newman, David Wayne, um, and a couple more we're still locking in, but 20, August 27th at, uh, at Permanent Records Roadhouse. Where's that? It's on the east side. It's great. It's a record store that is also a bar and music venue. Um, in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, in Frogtown-ish yeah. area. In uh, Joshua Tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not against that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, It'd be fun to do a show out in Joshua Tree. Oh, yeah. You guys should come out. You can crash with me. Yeah. I, I could, Happy yeah. and Harriet's, is that the... Yeah, they don't really do stand up, but they should. Yeah, yeah I can't cool see why part. they wouldn't. What have you got, Splug Doug? I've got a new album coming out uh, that I did in quarantine, actually, called I'm Worried About Me, and it drops September 3rd. Pre sales up now. Go to iTunes or wherever. Check it out. Love it. I'm uh, back out there a little bit, baby steps, doing stand up at Zany's in Chicago 
on September 13th, and I'll be at the Waiting Room Lounge in Omaha, Nebraska on October 1st. All of my dates and deets are at DougLovesMovies.com. Thank you again to Andy Wood. Sorry we didn't get to any of your questions, but we did (laughs) kind of get your questions because I'm sure... Yeah, looking at them, all of mine were just going to be more Jeopardy questions. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how our next guest handles that. Excellent. And uh, yeah, you can uh, tune in and check it out if you want. Um, as always, Daily Duggle. Got it. Hello again, Doug. Hello. Hey. <laughs> uh it was a three Doug night in San Antonio last Sunday. Sure was. Uh, Houston comic Doug Dalton joined us on stage. Uh, he he did a set. We did sets, and then uh, we all got up on stage at the end. Doug's were supposed to get in for free, but what happened there, Doug? No Doug showed up. Yeah. No one. <laughs> no no one let the Dugs out. We got dugged out. Uh, but you know, we made the best of it and now let's go to LOL comedy club in Sandy, San Antonio, Texas for a fast five and five. Please help me welcome him back to the stage for a little bit here. We're going to do at the end that, uh, I don't know what's going to happen because nobody named Doug showed up. Please welcome Doug Mallard, everybody. All right, so um, Doug and I co-host Wide World of Dougs, and so what we would like to do now, what we were going to do is uh, figure out, of all the Dougs who came down to the show for free, (laughs) we were going to select who we thought was the best Doug and designate them the best Doug of San Antonio. It's quite an honor, to be honest. And, uh, and then we were going to continue traveling around the world and find other Dougs and compare them to the Doug we met here in San Antonio. But uh, no Zero Dougs. Ducks. Zero Dougs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Doug Dalton did a set and just said, I'm out. So, uh, <laughs> so we're not completely Douglas. Get it? <laughs> Nailed but, it. Uh, but we do have uh, the two of us, so we're going to uh, try to make this work. And here's what we figured out to do. I asked earlier in the show if anyone here knew a Doug. Raise your hand if you are close, close with a Doug, related to or... uh, That whole table. Just you like somebody (laughs) there very much. So it's all the same Doug for you over here, that whole table, okay. And then there's a lady back there, lady over there, and a lady right there. Okay, those four we're gonna go to did, you can put your hands down, I think I'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first one is these folks over here. Who wants to speak for the group? Oh, I All right, that guy will speak for the group. What's your name? Cameron. Cameron? Okay. Uh, for a second, I thought it might be Gamerin with a, with a G. Gamma Ray. Yeah, I thought, it was in- I thought it was interesting. Turns out it's just Cameron. Okay, so Cameron, which is an interesting name. What's your, uh, what's your Doug situation? He's my brother. He's my brother. That's pretty close. So everyone that you're at the table with there knows a Doug quite well, and none of you fucking told him about this free deal. (laughs) You could have got him for free today. Does he live live in San Antonio? No, no. Okay. Okay, but I guess apparently travels stopped, and uh, (laughs) there's no way for him to be here. Where does he live? Africa. Africa? Yeah. Oh, shit, ladies. This might be the best Doug. By proxy, he might not be here, but man, he's in Africa. Fly in from Africa, you'll get on this show for free. I don't know why he didn't do it. Yeah, I don't know, know why they didn't offer it. Yeah. Was the offer there? No, probably not. How long has it been since you've seen this, Doug? Too long. Too long? Yeah. yeah. About half a year. Half a year? Six months? Okay, well, that's not as bad as what uh, some people have gone through with their relatives, but it still sucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, he sounds but, like uh, a good Doug. Yeah, and what is he, what's he doing in Africa? Uh, he's working with the, uh, the U.S. government. There. He works with the U.S. government there. Okay, well, I've, we finally found something we don't like about Doug. 
don't really care about how the government's been doing things, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's Africa, so it's not going to affect us. All right. <laughs> but give him a shout uh, from us when you get a chance. Tell him that, uh, you know, these other Dugs miss him and uh, that we, we wish he was here. Okay, moving across the room this way, the lady in the back there that raises her hand with the glasses on your head. Yeah, what's your name? Courtney. Courtney, and what's your uh, Doug situation? <laughs> so, what? You met a Doug seven years ago. Are you serious? This is your close Doug? <laughs> oh, I like this Doug. He made out with her on a beach and she never saw him again. <laughs> Just ghosted. Was it me? <laughs> confused. All right. That's the Doug that was on stage sitting next to you? I thought you left, dude. That's hilarious. Well, you're the, you're the best Doug in the room that's not these two. So yeah, well, in a second we'll get you up here. If you don't mind, do you mind coming up? Okay, let's, let's talk to these other folks because they were excited that they knew a Doug. This lady over here, who's your Doug? <laughs> racist uncle. Yeah, let's not. Fuck that Doug. Let's not vote that top Doug. Let's. <laughs> no, there's no way. He, there's no way racist uncle Doug could be better than the Doug that's here and did a funny set earlier or in the Doug show. Doug from Africa. What? No, Doug from Africa's out of it too. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more, one more. Where is it? There she is. What's your Doug deal? He's my father. Your father's name Doug? Douglas. Yeah, and uh, you don't sound excited. <laughs> good dad. Oh, he's a good dad. There you go. I, that might have been the winner if uh, there wasn't a Doug in the room. <laughs> but since we do have by process of elimination, since, since, <laughs> since he's here and uh, you know hanging out, and we got a couple minutes, we do a thing on uh, Wide World of Dugs. Come on up, Doug. We do a thing on Wide World of Dugs where we. Doug Mellard and I, we each write, yeah, bring your beer. We each write uh, five questions for our guest, and then we take turns asking them the questions. And comedian Doug Dalton is going to be asked the questions today. I'm actually racist, Doug, her uncle, so. Uh, <laughs> no. Keep it on point. <laughs> you know what I like, just fastballs. <laughs> Italian fastballs, Doug. <laughs> Uh, you were uh, very nice to come in from Houston today to yeah. be here with us. Yes, uh, thank you for that, because uh, there were no Doug comedians in the San Antonio it area. Come, it did come down to just me, like an outside of the area code, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but we also, import Dugs. Yeah. yeah it's so cheaper that way. Well, you know, uh, well, maybe by the time we come to Houston, there'll be a Doug we can have drive in from San Antonio. It's just me. <laughs> all right, it'll be you again. We'll have you back again. Because uh, wouldn't that be great? Just all the Dugs in comedy just uh, go around doing shows together? I think, we, I think we should be roommates. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Slow down, Doug. At least um, a timeshare or something. So we wrote five each questions. They're very quick. Just give us your first thought that comes into your head. And uh, there's nothing to really win or lose. But I'm gonna win. If we like how this goes, you memorized yours? No, not at all. Oh well, why? Oh, you got, oh there. Oh, look how small that is. I folded it. Hey, small notes. <laughs> small I, notes over here. Yeah, I gotta find uh, mine. Uh, there they are. Okay, five questions, small notes, and uh, Doug's gonna go first. And here then we when we're done, we're gonna declare you the best Doug in the world. Nice. As long as you answer correctly. All right, go. <laughs> Question one, favorite Marvel movie, go. Thorn. Thorn? Thorn? That one was pretty good, because uh, that superhero had a thorn in his, <laughs> in his paw, and somebody pulled it out, and then he saved his life, and... <laughs> Thor, the uh, first one, just Thor? Or Thor Ragnarok is my favorite. Ragnarok's thing. dope. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Goldblum. Yes. <laughs> Goldblum's Gold great. Goldblum takes it up a notch. My question number one, how much can you bench? <laughs> Seven. Doug, go. <laughs> Best breakfast cereal. Fruit Loops. 
Nice. Your favorite comedian, <laughs> Doug. <laughs> well done, well done. Nicely played. <laughs> Bigfoot or Loch Ness? Me. <laughs> Whoa, no, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. That dick, you can't deny that dick. <laughs> that Bigfoot dick, big hairy cock. But nobody's seen it? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. When That's the first thing you see. When they do, it's running away. Yeah. <laughs> Villagers never see Bigfoot, they see his dick. The best kind of dick is the one you don't see. Yeah. That's, that's I love answer. a dick you see, that's different dogs. <laughs> <laughs> How many times a day do you brush your teeth? Time's up. Go. <laughs> Go. What goes on your breakfast taco? Important Texas question. Toothpaste. No. <laughs> Bacon, egg, potato, cheese. Next. <laughs> nice. Crocs, yay or nay? Nay, unless you're in county jail. <laughs> then it's right? Like, yeah. Aren't they jail, yeah, they're yeah, jail yeah, shoes now? They're you have to. They're four sizes too big. <laughs> you can't trade them either. That's your, as long as you're there, you've got size 17. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go, Doug. All right, my last question. Batman or Superman? Batman. Dude. Yeah! Oh, everybody likes that answer. All right, my last question. Heads or tails? Always tails, baby. Oh, well, I, don't, I, I forgot to bring a coin, so congratulations, Doug. You did it. You are the best Doug in the world for the time being. We're going to travel. We're going to try to find other Dougs. That's a very flimsy. And we'll let you know when a better Doug, when we've met a better Doug. But until then. You won't. You're the best Doug. Doug Dalton, everybody. Thank you. And one more time for my friend, my co-host, living in Austin, Texas now. So go see him there or here. You might come back over here. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little drive between the two places. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, That's buddy. That's why I enjoy both cities. And uh, yeah, Doug Millard, everybody. Thanks. Thank you, guys. I, of course, am Doug Benson, and I want to thank the LOL Comedy Club for letting me come back and thank everyone in this audience for not telling any Dougs to come down because they would have gotten in for free and we wouldn't have made money off of them, so who needs them? <laughs> thank you, good night! Got it?